the way real estate is sold today is massively different from what it used to be a decade back. Brands today connect with their consumers on a much more relatable and aspirational way. Now, be it quoting iconic dialogues from cult movies or projecting the evening view from the penthouse. Now, there are several reasons responsible for this change. One of them being the changing consumer behavior due to the massive increase in the usage of social media such as Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. But at the same time, there are businesses within the real estate community, pioneers who decided to bring about this change and took the road less traveled. Today, I have one such founder, one such co-founder on my uh, show. Uh, I have Yoma Bandit, who's a co-founder in Flow Realty, along with her co-founder Arun. They have done some tremendous work in enhancing the buying experience for customers and providing higher sales velocity to the real estate developers. And in that journey, they have had several learnings which all of us can use in, in adapting to this changing dynamics of the real estate marketing. I'm Dikvijay. This is our marketing real estate. Right back with Yoma. Hi. Welcome. Uh, thank you so much for giving us your time. Uh, okay, so you have worked in so many big real estate firms, right? You have worked in Lodha, you have worked in Brigade. How, how, I want to start off with how the idea of actually Flow came about. Okay, so, uh, you know, the real estate is a very uh, small industry and very unorganized in India, if you ask me. Uh, after you've worked around three, four companies, uh, you start coming up with the question of what is next. Happens okay. to most senior people and, and especially uh -huh. people who come from different backgrounds, which are traditionally not where people in real estate come from. So just okay. to give a little bit of uh, background, uh, I'm a software engineer uh, turned confused MBA and uh, <laughs> did uh, my MBA from IIM Bangalore in 2009. And because of the recession year, had an accidental uh, landing in real estate in uh, 2009 with uh, Loda Group in Mumbai. Yeah. So um, at that point in time, it was never a career plan to get into real estate, right? Because most of the people who do their MBA are thinking of places like, in those days, of course, FMCG yeah. and consulting and iBanking yeah. and all of that. And now, of course, e-commerce e and fintech, etc. So real estate is not something somebody chases unless you're into a mm -hmm. family business. You don't chase mm -hmm. it as a career option, right? But when, once you get into the industry, you kind of figure out how underserved this industry is with respect to high quality professions. And how much yeah. more can be done in this industry with respect to processes, customer experience, automation, uh, intelligence, etc. So uh, with that, uh, having served across uh, companies like Lodha, Brigade Group, uh, Sriram Properties, etc. And all of them, four to five years since, you kind of know that you have experienced various parts of the real estate spectrum. Uh, mm -hmm. Explored roles in strategy, marketing, sales, customer support, etc. Now, how do you how do you bring about uh, something which is more lasting than your stint on the resume? Was mm -hmm. the reason me and my co-founder Arun, who's also had a similar background, we've, we've worked yeah. together in Loda and uh, he in Embassy, and then we again did a stint together in Sriya. So okay. we thought uh, we have a, we have a bunch of people. We have about uh, 12, 13 years of experience each behind us. And yeah. now, how do we expand this knowledge base that we have to serving more companies who actually could do with a much much better model of sales and marketing? 
so that's how the idea of flow came about saying that uh, whatever services you are giving today to one set of developers at a time as an employee can you expand mm-hmm. it to the tier 2 set of developers the tier 1 yeah. developers have a good access to talent pool across the country and and number one very few good quality professionals join real estate uh, of the ones who join they choose to stick to tier a developers most yeah so uh, and this is also the cause and effect of what's wrong with real estate so the mm-hmm. failure to attract right quality of talent especially by young and upcoming real estate companies also ensures that very very few companies kind of get into the top 10 players in the sector and make a okay. mark at a uh, at even a state level or a national level right there a lot of people who come with great technical skills lot of developers are amazing architects they have amazing yeah. technical knowledge amazing product knowledge want to make a difference in the real estate uh, space in the country but they do not have the right team to help them productize their ideas to help them take it to the market True. in the right way and the right yeah. quality of sales manpower that can take their message across to the customers to the end customers right okay. and that's when the idea of flow was born that we will help young uh, and uh, high intent real estate brands and developers work on their entire product life cycle marketing uh, strategies and ultimately leading them to sales and cash flow right okay. and that's where the original flow comes about so flow has uh, uh, for us it means two things uh, one is to help developers mobilize their cash flows because cash flow is everything in real estate yeah, a project gets stuck true. because of bad cash flow uh, yeah. a developer has to uh, wind up his operations because of cash flow trouble and in yeah. more most cases this is uh, uh, you know something that can be unlocked by way of better sales and effectively and eventually better collections so we are here yeah. to start this cash flow cycle by restarting sales and uh, marketing is product in a different way so that is one uh, idea of flow the other idea is of course uh, internally we believe that uh, we want our employee quality to be such that they experience state of flow you know like okay. the book so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know we uh, uh, hope and you know hoping some of them will ultimately find their state of flow in the work that they do with us okay so yeah that's, that's the whole idea yeah amazing amazing sounds amazing yeah in fact like uh, if i um, uh, trace back your journey in real estate it has actually uh, come up come about at the same time as the marketing landscape in real estate has really evolved in the past decade right and same amount of time you have spent in real estate so how how do you see this evolution has happened and what has changed now as compared to what was the state of decade back um a lot actually but uh, personally i was uh, kind of uh, you know privileged to work in a company which was already ahead of its time with respect to marketing okay. when i started okay. my career in real estate so uh, most people who've been in the industry know that loda has been one of the pioneers of differentiating how real estate marketing works across the country yeah. right so yeah. uh, that way was very fortunate to be there at a the time when people were not just trying to represent marketing in a different way by way of content right mm-hmm. uh, or exploring different mediums but also a lot of high quality professionals were entering real estate and challenging the way marketing was thought about in this case okay. right so uh, the but the thing that has changed drastically in the last say about 6 uh, 7 years has been the advent of digital so okay. uh, uh, say i i can split part 1 and part 2 of my journey of about 13 years in real estate as like a pre digital post digital era 
pre digital say around 2009 10 a lot of people especially mumbai mumbai real estate had started presenting content in a very different way the okay. content was much more advanced uh, you know uh, people were it was no longer about showing some render of a house or an apartment and saying abc developers and putting yeah. a phone number or a coupon to get a discount right it yeah. had started uh, taking content of lifestyle it had started mm-hmm. putting aspirational content out there it had started touching upon uh, a lot of things that the buyer never thought about while buying a home so yeah. that was the time when people started looking at home purchase uh, away from a transactional decision to a more experiential decision yeah. right and brand started becoming more important affiliation started becoming more important you started having those trump towers coming to india and yeah. jade jagger coming to india we did a lot of this in our early days that showed all these affiliations with trump and uh, jade jagger and philip stark and swarovski and and a lot of these right and uh, real estate started seeing a whole different quality to uh, what it had seen in the previous decade uh mm-hmm. while the content was shifting the mediums were still traditional which means okay. you had to have very deep pockets to uh you know uh, afford the times of india jacket you know yeah. which would cost about a crore in mumbai right taking a times yeah. of india jacket which means yeah. you by default you are taking out most of the 99% of the players out of the mix that True. even if you make great content distribution is so expensive that you yeah. cannot get your message across to people right and uh, outdoor uh, also is the next most expensive medium after print radio is a different tg you know it's a good mm-hmm. brand recall medium but you in in especially in luxury housing there's no way you can reach across to your audience by way of radio right yeah. so print yeah. outdoor yeah. and radio were dominating most of the spends in real estate till till about uh, say 2012 and mm-hmm. after this is when uh, digital got a uh, little more aggressive into the market to begin with with aggregators taking the lead you had your yeah. 99 acres and magic bricks and then housing.com came and did some wonderful stuff on yeah. uh, uh, you know changing the way real estate is uh, marketed on the digital platforms right so that was one place where people started saying hey aggregators are the people who are available pan india who have a bunch of uh, leads with them and why don't we start taking real estate space on the mobile or the browser device as as compared to taking it into the touch and feel mediums like print and outdoor uh so that was one step towards the change and a lot of nice experiments happened uh like we 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 done this participation in the google online home fest and you know yeah. housing.com had this uh, yeah. this whole vr thing with slice views and live inventories True. and stuff like that right uh but i think what was really the game changer was when facebook and google started coming into the direct foray uh okay. or, and where the where without any middle layers without any publisher middlemen Uh, real mm-hmm. estate companies got an opportunity to advertise their content directly on facebook and google with something with budgets as small as say of 50000 or 1 lakh yeah. right and and this was totally totally the game changer ki it's not about how big you are it's about how effectively can you communicate to the audience okay. and also catch the audience where they really are like they mm-hmm. spend those 8 9 hours on their devices every day you catch them where they are and don't yeah. wait for a saturday times of india to come or don't wait for them to get stuck in that coding you know at the yeah. signal and catch True. them right so uh, yeah. i think that way uh, it's been a very interesting uh, journey and i think now is the time when when real estate marketing is really democratized if you ask me 
um, okay. lot of lot of avenues coming through and it's it's more about may the best market you win yeah, yeah that sounds amazing in fact like as you said the smaller developers and the smaller players are also getting a lot of opportunities to reach out directly to their okay yeah. so on on the same line if i if you let's say have a budget of 2 crores today to to market your mandate where how would you place it around the different mediums and and what would be your strategy about hmm as a as a young startup i wish i would have 2 crore i never get that thing because <laughs> <laughs> like i said we mostly work with younger developers and yeah. i really miss those days when uh, with uh, shri ram and brigade excellent bole ko do teen crore ka launch budget hai so <laughs> really wish i could get that back but yeah if i would um, i would split it across say about uh, a crore in digital okay. uh, and digital meaning um, again depends on the stage of the property so if you are uh-huh. an early stage launch which does not have any recall in the market or yeah. a developer who does not have too much of digital presence or followers on social then mm-hmm. a large part of the initial 1 crore digital outlay would be towards push mediums like facebook or uh, you know display networks right okay and over a period of time as you start getting a little more pull and brand recall would move it towards the google uh, part of the spend so of okay. course this has to be very dynamic it will change over a period yeah. of time but about a crore yeah. in digital about uh, uh, 50 lakhs odd in print okay. and uh, about 50 lakhs in uh, site experience site branding outdoor branding and and mm-hmm. on ground stuff you know the last yeah. mile where the customer yeah, yeah, yeah. is coming and experiencing your product yeah yeah okay amazing that's quite a bit of change from what used to happen earlier right so 50% to digital directly and almost 25% only to print amazing amazing yeah. when like for example for flow how uh, how have you designed or how do you usually think of marketing play as as opposed to what other mandate companies are doing do you bring something specific um, in terms of the marketing strategies to to your customers and what what would be your secret sauce in that case um uh, so i wouldn't like to call us as as a marketing marketing company per se we we are essentially yeah, yeah, yeah. a transformation company Yeah. Know, so uh, what we do take pride in is that there are a lot of players in real estate today who do different parts of the funnel. So you yeah. have your uh, experts in product design. Uh, yeah. You know, it could be product design or pricing consulting companies mm-hmm. uh, where who could give you a report on what kind of pricing and sizing would work in the market, uh, yeah. right? And you would have uh, uh, over the uh, uh, down the line in the funnel, you'll have creative agencies, you'll have digital agencies. so uh, uh, you know we uh, kind of uh, over uh, the experience that we've had we feel that uh, the real estate cash flow cycle only works when you get all of these right with a team which has years firmly to the ground is in constant okay. touch with the customer is in okay. constant touch with the developer and completely understands what the developer is trying to sell to the end buyer right which yeah, is why we yeah. work across the funnel so we get involved at the stage of product understanding if it's an existing product or if it's a new mm-hmm. product we get involved in design as well what should you yeah. build you know yeah. uh, to of course uh, saying who are we selling it to uh, and hence defining for the creative agencies we work with defining very clearly who is the target audience what do okay. they want to hear right okay. then selecting the media that we should be spending money on uh mm-hmm. talking to channel partners in the community making them aware of your product uh squeezing yeah. in an offer you know if the mm-hmm. if offer is the flavor of the hour then uh, creating that reason to buy now for the customer 
right yeah. so what we pride ourselves in is that uh, we have extremely detailed knowledge of what the customer wants to hear and see in real estate okay okay, okay. and what works for us in in most times is that and you know we're all people who have uh, in our various roles earlier for example we had done this uh, campaign in shriram uh, called code name dil chahta hai Okay. okay and it was while a lot of code names were pioneered in in mumbai uh, you know by yeah. dodha and and everyone else but most yeah. of the things the market has been seeing is code name uh, you know you'll not get this again or uh, code yeah. name next thing and you know new dawn and stuff like that and yeah. we we were selling this 20 lakh product okay in yeah. bangalore first home of many you know people in their 20s and uh, young uh, it professionals etc and yeah. then we decided saying ki real estate is not always about opportunity right code name is never yeah. always about ki uh, you buy now and you know this is the next big thing right yeah, so yeah, we yeah. Said we'll give a lot more heart into it right so we okay. said that hey we'll create three characters from the characters of dilchata right yeah. and and there was you know we did this whole uh, campaign with sketches and you know personifying the three people saying are you oh, a sid yeah. or are yeah. you the pretizenta or are you the yeah. amir khan so uh, you know it was all about and people loved it people absolutely loved it and they said ki uh, hey you guys are crazy and then we did this whole thing in in chennai called uh, uh, code name superstar and it had rajnikanth and and you know teams yeah. playing at the at the sales office and memes yeah. floating around on the campaign and uh, we even we even got a, a, a social media trail coming on uh, i think code name dilchata and people were having a debate over whether this kind of thing works for real estate or not right nice. so the idea is not to not to just do things to you know for the sake of it being differentiated yeah, yeah. but there yeah. are things that vibe with the customer who act, who actually sees himself in these campaigns otherwise most of the real estate campaigns that you see out there are you know just one building after the other right yeah. and uh, even at flow some of our campaigns uh, if you see what has worked uh, for the developers same product the product mm-hmm. was out in the market uh, people couldn't really uh, you know find the right fit with it and we've yeah. done a different campaign without burning too much money within the constraints of the budget and purely based on content uh, people have started noticing the product out in the market so uh, uh, the differentiation of marketing is it's about knowing extremely well what the other person wants to see there's no science there's no secret sauce it's yeah. uh, purely intuition it's 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 a mix of intuition science and experience i would say Yeah, awesome. Yeah, thing. Since you talked about, I mean, knowing your customer very, very well, and being able to design strategies that attract the right people who are actually looking out there for for that kind of a property and stuff, right? So I want to come down now to the topic of customer acquisition costs, right? It's been something that has been reported to be rising quite a bit in real estate in the recent times. And frankly, uh, from my experience, what I've seen is uh, it's not very uh, easy to calculate in the real estate because of the complex value chain that we have right so how how do you go about calculating it for flow and and what how do you usually what parameters do you usually consider for yourself uh see one is a lot of people chase the customer acquisition cost per se like for booking how how much am i paying yeah. to get that customer to book right but uh, most of the time we look at a top down approach while calculating okay. this number so top okay. down typically uh, we recommend that a developer should set aside about 2 to 2.5% of the property value as a overall property value as the marketing budget 
right okay. and uh, uh, you know he could include a 1 1.5% outlay further for brokerage because Uh, mm-hmm. some part of your bookings would also come from the brokers out there Broker, right? yeah. so yeah. depending on the ticket size uh, of course a more affordable project will not be as efficient in marketing mm-hmm. because uh, you know the denominator is smaller yeah. making the customer acquisition cost higher and a luxury project will have a much more efficient customer acquisition cost over a period of time yeah. but a good uh, good uh, benchmark would be to keep in the range of 2 1/2 to 3% as the mm-hmm. uh, you know healthy marketing budget uh, okay. again a lot of subjectivity comes into it if you have a smaller budget uh, spend it mostly on digital you will see better efficiencies and better customer acquisition cost in digital if you treat the funnel in the right way you can mm-hmm. keep your overall acquisition cost under 2% of the value of the property okay, okay. but uh, if you want the right coverage you should yeah. ideally include a 360 degree media plan and have a bit of other offline mediums also they are not okay. as per se efficient but they will give your campaign a direct uh, uh, you know fill up in terms of conversions down the funnel and overall okay. help you close the efficiencies at 3% of the of the revenue generated okay amazing hope, hope uh, that what, answers what, yeah, yeah definitely it definitely uh, answers a lot of a uh, lot of the questions one more thing that i wanted to know is apart from uh, customer acquisition cost as you mentioned the marketing spend and other things what other data metrics do you usually track in terms of your operations apart from let's say cac so um see if you if you see across the uh, various parts and departments that uh, a lead goes to we track mm-hmm. about 20 25 metrics in all uh okay. starts with uh, uh of course one is all your uh, media planning you know where do you want mm-hmm. to deploy the media and what part yeah. of uh, you know time spends do you want to do where and then yeah. at a lead level essentially you have your one of the most important things is your what is your lead run rate that you want at what cpl so this mm-hmm. is mostly our guiding metrics uh, and most of our spends actually for us 90% spends happen on digital platforms okay. so uh for us every week for every project we put a run rate and we agree upon that with our digital agencies that this yeah. is the daily lead run rate uh, that is the daily number of leads that i need need right yeah. and i need a certain cpl range in which i have to manage these right okay now going from so this becomes the bible that this is the yeah. number of leads i need daily or weekly at this range of cpl next yeah. steps comes is what is the quality of those so we have something yeah. called a green marketing So okay. in the green bucketing, uh, we share with the agency what is the percentage of leads that should be qualified. So yeah. we say agree upon a 30-35 percentage as the green bucket category. Now, if you're mm-hmm. having X number of leads, application at a certain CPL, you have got 90% of your funnel right. After okay. that, it becomes a function of how efficiently your team is churning them, right? So yeah, within yeah. then your telecalling team, you have metrics to measure. the uh, lead to site visit conversion efficiency right mm-hmm. within that they have their various metrics of how many are non responsive dropouts lost yeah. and and you know efficiency per telecaller number of calls made per day number of connected yeah. calls a whole lot of that yeah. stuff happens in between yeah, yeah. but essentially if you get your cpl right if you get your run rate right uh, if you get your lead to site visit right and over uh, down the funnel site visit to booking right then yeah. between these three four metrics you have covered what is broadly required to be right to market the property if any one okay. of these things out of order then you will have yeah. to further break it down to go to your level 2 metrics 
and say which is the level 2 metric going wrong or a level 3 metric going wrong to be able okay. to fix that part of the problem okay 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 that's amazing thank you so much for the details uh i just want to come back to your point of psychosis experiences right you mentioned out of your two crores that you would spend somewhere like 50 lakh you would reserve for site experiences and the on ground experience for the client right so uh recently especially after the first and second lockdown you, the virtual site visit experience actually came about a lot right so have you invested in that or do you see a future of virtual site visit with real estate um see uh this thing we've been doing this in various capacities since the first lockdown okay so when the first lockdown uh-huh. came about it was so funny when you know we were having this chat in our marketing group and saying yeah. hey guys we've heard of this uh, amazing new tool called zoom okay yeah. and uh, <laughs> probably we should check it out right and that was yeah. just like like two to like what three years ago yeah yeah, yeah. almost three years ago now Yeah. and uh, you know it is it's it's now such a household name right so and then I at know. that time yeah. people people were just discussing ki aisa kuch aaya hai zoom karke and all of that so we then in the first uh, wave we started discussing okay there's a tool like this uh, mm-hmm. we should possibly move to it and uh, in about a month's time we had started doing virtual site visits we got uh, uh, pre-recorded videos of our sales team uh, that is okay. not the time when you could suddenly get into getting a vr or an ar experience because everything yeah. started yeah. right Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, we had our teams going and shooting uh, self-created videos of the model flats and all of that, and, mm-hmm. and people sharing documents over a Zoom version, and starting yeah. to do virtual site visits. It was also the yeah. time when uh, a real estate customer was not very comfortable saying, "Ghar aise thodi select karenge," right? So yeah. at that time, people were okay because they had nothing better to do. They would take true, the true. take the call and say, "Okay, let me yeah. get a lot of information." It's one step into the funnel, and then yeah. when things open up, we would. Come and come and transact, right? Yeah. So that was when we we all did this as a part of Shriram, and uh, you mm-hmm. know we did this whole EOI strategy and all, and we collected in the first wave about two hundred EOIs. Okay, two okay. hundred people gave uh, paid money to okay. block their unit without ever having seen it. Okay. Yeah, they had never seen it, and yeah. they, they they paid two hundred people came in two months and paid money. And you know they the, we of course told them you you'll get a refund if you do not go ahead with yeah, the purchase. Yeah. But but that yeah. was the intent, right? So yeah. so it was it's amazing how people have adapt adopted this and and you know it was uh, uh, how people have become comfortable with a virtual medium True. of of interaction, even for a high yeah. ticket size purchase like real estate. So uh, second wave was was uh, uh, at flow, and that is the time when we had uh, launched a brand new property. Uh, As brand new as the on the day the lockdown was announced was our model apartment inauguration. Okay. Oh. So the property was never out in the market. Nobody knew where okay. it is. Nobody had ever stepped into the office or in the model apartment. And then we okay. said, uh, "Hey, now we know better. So let's take this launch online." So we okay. took the entire launch online, and uh, you know, uh, this property has about uh, 200 apartments and all. Uh, mm-hmm. Nobody had ever heard of it before, like I said. And at the end of the lockdown, we had 45 expression of interest towards the property, all by way of a virtual experience, right? That's amazing. So, uh, so it's like uh, people people are really taking to this. And third lockdown was like nobody even blinks an eye. So yeah. it's like, acha, <laughs> yeah, you know, there's a lockdown. We know what to do, you know. And in one week, yeah. we are switching from um, uh, physical site visits to online site visits and. And everybody is yeah. very comfortable with it. They're saying, "Okay, now things open. Okay, switch back. 
and in one week yeah. you are back to physical side visits right physical so visits, yeah. so uh, tech has played a very big role in in uh, being an enabler in making this happen uh, okay. that said uh, while virtual reality experiences uh, you know would make it a lot better for people to experience their home um, mm-hmm. i don't know if uh, if we're still going to have uh, been people making decision bases a pure play virtual experience yeah Yeah. You no, know, uh, it's it's a it's a product definition. It's a product category problem, if you ask me, because it is yeah. most people buy one or two homes in their life cycle. There are multiple stakeholders, multiple decision makers. Uh, you're yeah. taking credit. You're taking a loan to purchase the house, right? And uh, you're going to be paying that over the next fifteen, twenty years. So mm-hmm. while uh, and and also the real estate purchase cycle is quite long. On an average, about yeah. at least thirty days. right yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. not like you have to make a buying decision in a very short period of time and True. you want to uh, you know bypass the the whole process and not seeing the property so mm-hmm. uh, uh, transparency data vr enablers uh, uh, you know uh, tools like uh, zoom google meet uh, advanced level of renders people make amazing uh, renders these days to show what the property will actually look like yeah. a lot of videos yeah. as well uh these are great tools especially for people who just can't visit like nris yeah yeah but uh, i think it will always be a hybrid option for real estate uh, okay. unless we start transacting and buying space somewhere in the metaverse in in metaverse yeah <laughs> <laughs> amazing so moving from vr to ai right there has been a lot of noise and a lot of news about uh, artificial intelligence coming to real estate and how it's going to impact specifically in marketing right mm-hmm. so where do you see it impacting the most and when do you see the technology actually maturing and becoming a norm as a part of the real estate process uh see ai has been it sounds like a very big word you know when people think yeah, ai yeah, robots and all of yeah. that but but you know it's it's been very subtly uh, entering a domain like real estate so i think so far uh, as far as sales and marketing is concerned we've been using it to number one smartly target customers there is a mm-hmm. lot of learning and relearning algorithms applicable in the digital medium at least where you are spending your money so yeah. these are smart algorithms where over a period of time you can reduce your cost per lead you can reduce your cost of customer acquisition by figuring yeah. out early in the life cycle where and who are the people you need to target so yeah. and and this mostly is being done by the publisher like your facebook yeah. algorithms google algorithms and we do, really yeah. don't know what's happening behind the scenes but there is yeah. a lot of advancement definitely in learning and uh, mm-hmm. making your marketing spends more efficient so one yeah. is this whole lead targeting by way of yeah. uh, you know uh, learning about your customers and yeah. um, i think one place where it is not yet penetrated and it could help is if at the point of sale there is yeah. uh, more information and and tools available to be able to know a little more about the customer without the customer sharing the information with you okay you know so if yeah. you could look up the social history of the customer if you could look up uh, what are the other brands the customer is in, is into uh, you yeah. know if the data is available does he uh, possess another property already or you know how mm-hmm. far is his workplace from the place uh, project you're trying to sell you know yeah. uh, uh you know what are the what are the kind of other groups they are affiliated with you know so a lot of this if this information can start coming in the hand of the sales team uh mm-hmm. you know then it could really help with uh making the panel a little more efficient 
Uh, but I think on the on a on an unrelated domain, uh, I think AI is playing a very big role in helping the technical teams in terms of things like soil soil testing or construction yeah. uh, 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 monitoring, you know, or okay. uh, even post uh, purchase, uh, you know, kind of quality testing of the buildings. Okay. You know, project okay. estimation, feasibility studies. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. you know what kind of material is required? Uh, how much how much cement and steel should go into construction of the building, etc. So in a lot mm-hmm. of these, uh, there is already uh, a lot of AI tech that has penetrated into the real estate sector. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm sure uh, over a period of time, uh, it it will play a role in a reducing the risks associated with real estate construction and b yeah. uh, making the customer connect and customer acquisition more efficient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, like as you like, correctly mentioned earlier, if you know the history of the customer, you can provide a much more personalized pitch, right? So the yeah. personalization factor amplifies massively. Amazing. Yeah. So in your earlier answer, you mentioned um, you mentioned uh, channel partners or brokers, right? So mm-hmm. as as a business, how much of your um, transactions or how many of your bookings would you say are currently being handled by or uh, facilitated by brokers or channel partners? Uh, for us, uh, again, different differs from market to market. Uh, uh, yeah. Our average in our portfolio is about 40 to 45 percent is uh, broker contribution. So is the okay. market average around Bangalore, right? Yeah. Uh, Mumbai, uh, Delhi, Delhi would be in the range of I'm sure 70 percent. Mumbai should be in the range of 50 to 60 percent. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, but somewhere between 40 to 60 percent is depending on the market and the categories yeah. where brokers contribute. Okay, I mean, and what do you think of the position of startups like no broker? Basically, say that brokers can be eliminated from the value chain completely. So, Saurabh's uh, <laughs> a friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Saurabh, the founder at No Broker, is a friend, and and you know, I think um, personally, if you if you uh, see it by way of a startup founder to a startup founder. I think yeah. they've done some amazing work from the time they started out. True. Though they have yeah, pivoted yeah. their business model a couple of times, it started out yeah. as a uh, broker uh, middleman elimination kind of you know product strategy. Yeah. Uh, but I think they've smartly maneuvered uh, you know the kind of discoveries they've made along the way, and now I think they they're doing something which is uh, in some way addressing a very big problem in India of resale. So, because uh, yeah. you know they they kind of try to eliminate the broker, they without knowing they kind of I think ended up into uh, individual sellers, which is mostly resale properties. People like yeah. you and me it's wanting to resell model. our apartments. Yeah, yeah. 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 So people like you and me wanting to sell an apartment without giving a percentage to the broker started listing yeah. their properties onto their portal, and now a large yeah. part of their business has started coming from secondary market resale transactions, yeah. right? Yeah. But uh, they're also, I think, uh, they're also pivoting into having their own brokerage arm, and okay. uh, you know, uh, they're also trying to uh, kind of, I mean, be a broker themselves. So yeah, yeah. So so it, it depends on how we're looking at it. Okay, uh, a lot mm-hmm. of people in India become brokers because the money is lucrative. Yeah. You sell a one crore property, you get two to three percent on it. That's a need two to three lakhs, you know, per transaction. And for True. a lot of people, if you're doing it in individual capacity, and you're sorted for the month. You know, you don't yeah. need to work for anybody. Where did you get, where did you get your dues on that? <laughs> <laughs> correct, correct. Yeah, that's true. So a lot of people jump into it. But what yeah. I would, I would uh, hope for is that like other developed countries, you know, US, Europe, etc. 
uh, if the con- at a country level we started having a little more serious uh, uh, entry criteria for people yeah. to start a brokerage company like a certification a training uh, okay. you know getting a license to be able okay. to sell the rera license is not license it's just you to pay something on the website it yeah. doesn't test your credentials right yeah. so uh, yeah. you know if if you start having a little more qualification criteria for somebody to be able to be a broker i think they can add great value to the real estate value chain uh, by educating the customer of the various choices available helping them yeah. understand the financing of a property uh, helping yeah. them with the right valuation of the property you yeah. know uh, i'm sure the customers need brokers it's about how do we enhance the quality of the brokerage services offered in the country yeah. thank you so much for your time vyoma it was lovely speaking to you and likewise, thank you so much again yeah likewise thanks i had a great time too thank you same here goodbye yeah bye